Blog Talk Radio. Featured on allhabs.net with your host, Christy. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 172 of the Habs 360 podcast. My name is Chris G, and you can follow me on Twitter at ChrisG1980. Montreal Canadiens, since our last episode, they played three games. It started last Saturday, 4-1 losers against the Minnesota Wild at the Bell Center. And on Tuesday, they lost by the same score against the uh, Florida Panthers. And then Wednesday night, Canadians beat the Buffalo Sabres 3-2 to in overtime. And while that leads to the Canadians to this St. Patrick's Day weekend, by the way. So happy St. Patrick's Day to all our listeners and followers of the Habs 360 podcast. Canadians are facing the Ottawa Senators tonight in Ottawa. And then he'll be back home on a Sunday to face the Calgary Flames. In terms of the playoff picture, I'm not sure if there's anybody out there who still believes the Montreal Canadiens have a chance of uh, making it in. But uh, like I mentioned to you, um, it's been at least a month, if not more, that uh, I think the Canadiens are not. And while it's not looking good for them, they are uh, nine points behind from the uh, second wildcard spot, who are the, the Detroit Red Wings, and there's 11 games left for the Canadians, so it's impossible. The NHL draft lottery is where they have a more chance of winning. They have a 5% chance of uh, getting the first pick, and well, assuming if they do get the first pick, it would be uh, Austin Matthews. Our HAPS360, the most informative, the most interactive podcast 
that you'll be able to find anywhere. So we'll save you the trouble. You don't need to look anywhere else to find something more informative and more interactive. Our question of the day today. Well, at the general manager meetings this week, it was announced what the rules, the protection that the that each team would have to, um, the list that they would have to provide in case of an expansion draft. So that list, there's a possibility of uh, two options that the teams can uh, can follow. Each team has the option of protecting three defensemen, seven forwards, and one goalie, or they can protect eight skaters and one goalie. So that, naturally, that still needs to be approved, and naturally, there's still uh, has to be an expansion before this list uh, is needed by the teams. So our question of the day is, well, what would your Montreal Canadiens protection list look like? You can do it via our Twitter account at Habs360. We'll be opening our phone lines in the third segment. You can reach us toll-free at one 4945 And you can go to, our, to the uh, All Habs Facebook page, and leave your comments there. We'll be tackling that subject in a little more detail in the third segment of uh, today's show. I mentioned the general manager meetings that took that took place uh, this this week in Florida, and while there was a lot of proposals, I'm not going to go through them in uh, details. So we'll, we'll talk about them once they uh, become official. But the league is looking for ways to make the games uh, more exciting. And they're assuming that scoring more goals is what will make the games more exciting. And well, last Saturday, I had the opportunity to be at the Bell Center to watch the game between the Montreal Canadiens and the Minnesota Wild. And let me tell you this, I get to see a Canadiens game in person, I would say about uh, once a season. It was the second time, the first regular season game that I did go to the Bell Center this year. And boys are different watching a game in person compared to watching the game on television. You get to see the entire place, the the, the ice, uh, the entire play, how it develops, all the players at the same time on uh, on what they're doing. It's not something that you can see everything when you're watching the game on television. And in that game... There were a total of five goals scored. And let me tell you, that wasn't an exciting game. There wasn't much going on. There was no two-on-ones. There was no real scoring opportunities. I'd probably say the most exciting thing that happened in that game was was when uh, Devin Dubnik, the goaltender of the Minnesota Wild, made two back-to-back stops with his right pad on Andrei Markov. Everything else, not much in that game. And it was five goals scored, which is higher than the average, which is about what the league is looking for. So to make the game more exciting, there has to be, in my opinion, more scoring chances, not necessarily more goals. We've seen lots of games where it's been a lower scoring game and it's been exciting. Same thing about the game on the Tuesday night. This one, watched on TV. Naturally, five goals scored in this game. Uh, 
not much to say about this game, but let's hear uh, what Canadian's captain, Max Pacioretty, had to say about it. And then the Canadian head coach, Michel Terrier. Is there some positive takeaways from your side? No. No. Uh, tonight, I believe the structure was not quite there. We play against a good hockey team. We got beat a few times one-on-one, and it uh, cost us some goals. So not much to say about that game. And whenever the Canadians face the Florida Panthers over the last couple of years, one thing that Anima keeps coming back is Jeremy Jagger and how he would look in the Montreal Canadiens jersey. And Jagger, once again, he's having a good year. He doesn't seem to be to be slowing down. His team will be heading into the playoffs this year. Last time Jagger didn't make it in the playoffs was when he was with the Boston Bruins, and his stats then weren't that good. So it'll be interesting to see how uh, the Florida Panthers will do in the playoffs. And as a Habs fan, and there will be no Canadian teams in the playoffs bearing some kind of a miracle, we're st- the real hockey fans, the true hockey fans, I think will still be watching uh, a playoff action. If I had to ad- adopt one team to support for this playoff run, I think I'm going to go with the Florida Panthers to see how this Yarmou Yager story is going to develop uh, this year. Speaking of exciting games, I think one game that was exciting for the Canadians this week was the game against the Buffalo Sabres. There was lots of action. There was some pushing and some shoving. There was some glass repair as well. There was uh, almost a a grand um, melee involving all 12 players on the ice. We're going to talk more about that in, uh, in our next segment. The only bad thing about that game was it was a little bit long. It uh, it was a 7 o'clock game and it finished past 10 o'clock and it went into overtime as well. But at least there was some action in uh, in that game. The big news for the Montreal Canadiens, and it seems to be a recurring theme this season, is the injury bug. There was more injuries for the Canadiens this week. And while it was with Mark Barbario, who is out indefinitely with concussion symptoms. So he left the game against the uh, Buffalo Sabres. He didn't finish that game. It wasn't on a play that we didn't really see. At least on TV, they didn't show uh, what play they thought that uh, Barbario could have gotten hurt. But he is out, so he's out indefinitely. So he should be out uh, for, uh, for at least... I'll say a couple of weeks, and when the team, when it's in this situation, no need to uh, to rush Mark uh, Barbario back. So Barbario, he was playing in the spot of uh, PK Subban, who's also out with uh, with injury. So I think it was clear that we saw that Mark Barbario isn't a number one and number two uh, defenseman for the Montreal Canadiens. I think he did a decent job. For in in that kind of role, but we did see that I, that he has shown that he would be a good number. I would say number five, number six, number seven defenseman. So a depth defenseman. It was reported this week that there hasn't been 
any negotiations between the Canadians and Mark Barbario yet for a new contract. He's a restricted free agent at the end of this season. But I got to think that Mark Barbario will be kept. He'll be he'll be resigned to join the team next season. I think he's done a decent job at uh, being a depth defenseman. Yes, he does have his uh, defensive issues, I guess. I'll be nice about it. But I think he'd be good for uh, in terms of uh, depth. Speaking of P.A. Subban, he's been out for a while. He he started skating on Thursday with intensity, and it was confirmed that he will not be playing this weekend's games. We do not have any more news besides that. But the good news is that he is skating, and there are, that there are any injuries that he did suffer were relatively minor. Carey Price, last week at the conclusion of uh, the episode, I, I said that we would be potentially talking about a Carey Price return coming sooner than later. But I think we are getting closer. He's been skating with uh, Stefan Waite in uh, in Brossard. Will we see him this week? It doesn't look like it, but I'm pretty sure we're going to see him sooner or, or later. Maybe the coach has an update on, well, when will Carey Price be back? Who knows? Exactly, who knows? Another injury is David Dernay. On February 19th, it was announced that he'll be out three weeks with a uh, with a broken foot. We did see him skate a bit a couple of weeks ago. Not much news on him uh, recently. But have you noticed that not a lot of people, Darian doesn't really get questioned on David Dernay. I don't think anybody really cares on uh, David Dernay when he comes back. And the question is, when he comes back, where does he fit in on this roster? Does he does he come back in in his role with um, with Max Pacioretty? That will be quite the, the debate. Terry, when will David Dernay be back? Who knows? Exactly. Nobody knows when, uh, when he'll be back. If we go, now we go over to uh, talk about the ice caps a bit, but still sticking with the, uh, with the injury bug. We got news uh, this week that uh, Michael Bournival will be shut down for the season with uh, concussion issues. Uh, and that's a shame. Michael Bournival, he, he had made the Montreal Canadiens roster uh, right away when he, he turned pro. And while he was never... He got a concussion, and con- these concussions have always seemed to follow him throughout his uh, his young career. So he's still a relatively young player, but it's not looking good for him. And while when he had this many concussions, I think he should seriously start consider maybe calling it quits on his career because we know his health, well, not only his, everybody's health is a lot more important than uh, than hockey, but it's it's a shame. He made a team. 
He looked to have a uh, looked like he would have a good NHL career, but the concussions have definitely uh, set him set him back. And same thing for Connor Crisp from the Ice Caps. He has also been shut down for the rest of the season with uh, concussion uh, with concussion issues. Montreal Canadiens took a team picture this week at the Bell Center, and well. Something that uh, there's no official stat, but it's um, I guess an unofficial record. Thirty-one players in the Montreal Canadiens team picture. That's that's a lot of players considering the Canadians. Like oh, sorry, not only the Canadians. Any NHL roster consists of twenty-three players. So that means there's eight players who are who are call-ups. From uh, from the AHL, the list of injuries are long. I'll just uh, read them to you. We have we know Carey Price. There's Daniel Carr. There's David Dernay. There's Brian Flynn. Uh, there's Jeff Petrie, who's out for the the season. Tom Gilbert, who's out for the season, and we'll probably won't see him again in the Montreal Canadiens uniform. Uh, and there's a uh, PK Subban. Who, as well as an injury injury list, and as I just mentioned a few minutes ago, Mark Barbario. And Mark Barbario was actually the 17th player this season for the Montreal Canadiens to miss at least one game due to injury. Earlier in the week, we had uh, Lars Zeller who was out with the uh, with flu. Uh, Matteau had a uh, injury as well. Charles Ludon was up and he had to get sent down because he was an emergency call-up. So the injury bug has definitely struck the uh, Montreal Canadiens. Our question of the day, I'll remind it to you. Expansion draft, it's a mock expansion draft. Canadians have the option, well, any NHL team would have the option of protecting Three defensemen, seven forwards, and one goalie, or eight skaters and one goalie. So we want to know, what does your mock Montreal Canadiens protection list look like? You can do that via Twitter at Habs360. In the third segment, our phone lines will be open to give us a call toll-free. And you can also leave your comments on the allhabs.net Facebook page. We're going to take a break on the other side our winners and losers of the week. Stay with us. This is the Habs 360 podcast featured on allhabs.net. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. Frameworth is the exclusive supplier and distributor of autographed products for some of the best hockey players in the world, including Carey Price, Sidney Crosby, Jonathan Taves, John Tavares, and Alex Galchenyuk. Thanks to Frameworth, Habs360 listeners can receive free shipping on any order. Shop online at frameworth.com and type in Habs360 at checkout. Frameworth is an official licensee of the NHL, NHLPA, Hockey Canada, CFL, and the Hockey Hall of Fame. For more information, visit Frameworth.com. 
I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fanning. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com. This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net. And now it's time for this week's winners and losers on Habs 360. All right, welcome back. Chris G at Chris G1980 here for episode 172 of the Habs 360 podcast. And well, indeed, it is time for our winners and our losers of the week. If it's the first time you're listening, every week we choose three runner-ups in for each category and we select a, a winner for the winner and loser of the week and we try to keep it Montreal Canadiens related, uh, of course, because as we know every week lots of news around the, uh, the Montreal Canadiens. Our first, we're going to start with our winners. This week, you can also chime in via Twitter at Habs360 and let us know who are your winners and uh, losers. Our first runner-up is Darren Dietz, who played his first two career games in the NHL this week against the Minnesota Wild and the Florida Panthers. He went uh, minus one in a combined in those uh, in those two games. And boy, what two games! Uh, did he did he happen to play two games where the Canadians got beat pretty pretty bad? He got sent down to the Ice Caps, and well, because of Mark Barbera's injury, he he was recalled uh, back up to other Montreal Canadiens. And I know there was a lot of talk for Chagudon as well, and for Darren Dietz. People weren't happy that uh, that those two players were sent down. After the trade deadline, each team has the right for four call-ups. And there was some uh, paper call-ups that were done at trade deadline for the Canadians to make some players eligible for the playoffs in case the ice caps do make it. And right now, at this point, any call-up that has to happen has to is has to be an emergency call-up in case of injuries only. So as soon as the a player becomes off the injured reserve and becomes healthy, the emergency call-up has to get sent down. So that's what happened to Darren Dietz, and that's what happened to Charles Ludon. And now Darren Dietz is back, like I mentioned a couple of seconds ago, due to Mark Barbero's injury. 
And while Darren Dietz in that game against the Florida Panthers, he took two penalties in the third period. But uh, but that's okay, right? He's a youngster. He plays first two career NHL games. We want the coaching staff to be patient with them. And, well, they were. Our second runner-up is uh, Michael McCarron, and more specifically on the play in a game against the Buffalo Sabres when he pulled on the mask of the Canadiens goaltender, on the Sabres goaltender, I should say, Robin Leonard. And when we're talking about physically of what we've seen from any Habs player in recent history, that's got to be the best thing that we've seen by Canadiens player recently. He had a player in his left arm, and then with his right arm, he was pulling Robert Leonard's uh, mat. So that was quite impressive task that was done by Michael uh, McCarron. And all this pushing, all this shoving that happened in this game after the whistles and all that started off uh, following a, a play where Alex Galchenyuk ran into Robert Leonard and while the referees decided to close their eyes on on that play and not call the goal interference. And let's be honest, we're going to be fair. We're Montreal Canadiens fans. This is a Montreal Canadiens podcast. Let's be fair, that should have been a penalty on Alex Galchenyuk. And it wasn't It wasn't called. It, was, it even went to the point where there wasn't pushing and shoving after that particular play. And Galchenyuk went into the penalty box. The linesman did bring him to the penalty box. And then they realized, the referee told him, wait a second, like, Galchenyuk is not getting a penalty. The penalty was against Nathan Bollier for something that happened after the whistle, at the conclusion of the whistle. So that was, uh, I, I, you could see a referee decision that went in favor of the Montreal Canadiens. But we'll get back to this game between the Canadiens and the Buffalo Sabres in a couple of moments. The next runner-up for winner of the week is Mike Brown. When he was originally acquired, we were asking ourselves why. He was acquired during trade deadline through uh, waivers from the uh, San Jose Sharks. And we kept saying ourselves, like, why is this? pickup required and well what we've seen and because Mike Brown played with the Sharks on the west coast and the majority of Canadian Habs fans are on the east coast we don't get to see Mike Brown often we didn't get to see him often when he was playing with the San Jose Sharks so it's always we base it on what we read on the internet what we go see a couple of tweets from here and there to get our scouting reports. But after the seven games that he's played with the Montreal Canadiens, I think what we've seen that Mike Brown is was acquired to replace a Brandon Prust. And that type of player, the type of game that Brandon Prust was bringing to the Montreal Canadiens. Except Mike Brown, uh, right now, He's a better hockey player than Brandon Prust, right? Brandon Prust, he wasn't good for the Canucks. They sent him down to the minors and then due to injuries, well, Brandon Prust was uh, sent to, um, he was sent home. 
to recover from uh, from his injuries. And to the point where the game against the Buffalo Sabres, Mike Brown played a couple of shifts on the first line. Yeah, he played with Pacioretty and Alex Galchenyuk on and off. The coach was asked why he made that move. Ben, je trouvais à quelques occasions qu'il y a une coupe de joueurs des, des sabres grudoyés euh, un petit peu trop à mon goût euh, à Galchenia. Donc, euh, c'est juste m'assurer que, que les jeunes soient un petit peu protégés. So, just to summarize what Mitchell Terry said in the last 14 seconds, he said that he put Mike Brown there because he felt that Alex Galchenia was getting a little bit pushed and shoved by the Buffalo Sabres. And once again, that was all started by that missed goal interference call by the officials in uh, in that game. So he was definitely placed to her by the coach for uh, protection reasons. And let's be honest, in a season where we know the Montreal Canadiens won't make the playoffs, I don't think you can criticize the coach for putting Mike Brown in that, uh, in that role. And Mike Brown was asked yesterday to uh, comment on playing on a top line. Uh, it's a little confusing, but uh, you know I'm, I'm willing to do whatever. Uh, you know I was, I was playing my game, and uh, if he's going to put me up there, then I'm going to play. Um, you know, like I said before, I'm not going to change anything. I'm still going to play the same way. He's obviously putting me there for a reason. So, uh, you know, whether it's clearing space or uh, you know getting into the forecheck, whatever it is. So, uh, you know, it's a little bit fun to fun to play with those guys. Too bad we didn't get a point, but uh, yeah, it was fun. Your family. And well, Mike Brown, it's his final year in his contract. He's making $1.2 million. He's 30 years old. Will the Canadians keep him? I think it all depends on what the asking price is. But at $1.2 million, I think he's um, he's needed on the team, especially for players like Galchenyuk. If uh, players like Michael McCarron make the team, I think it's good to have a Mike Brown around. Doesn't need to play all the two games in a season, but I think he needs uh, that type of player needs to be around the, the the team. And now it's time to announce our winner of the week. And well, it was the following player. It was none other than. Canadian defenseman Andre Markov. Evelyn into the corner. Back to Alexey Evelyn. Looks across. Markov with a try. Tip scores. So there you go. That's Andre Markov scoring a goal against the Buffalo Sabres. That was his fifth goal of the season. It was a two-one game at um, at that point. But one in the game against the Buffalo Sabres is the game that stood out this week. For for Markov, because in, in that game is the game that Mark Barbario left, and at one point as well, Nathan Bollier got a uh, ten minute game misconduct at the end of the second period. So the Canadians at one point were down to four defensemen that night. So that led to seeing a couple of things that were not used to on the defense in terms of ice time. We saw. Andre Markov getting an ice time of 30 minutes and 55 seconds. That's crazy. Almost 31 minutes of playing. Look at, uh, listen to this stat. That Markov, with his 31 minutes of ice time, it is the most ice time for a player who was who's aged 37 years old or most, 
or more, I should say. La the only time, the last time somebody had more was Nicholas Lifstrom when he played 32 minutes and 12 seconds on February 11, 2010. So that's over six years. And we saw Andre Markov did not finish the game. He got a 10-minute game misconduct in the view in the overtime. It's because he he got assessed a penalty with under two minutes to go in the third period for a legal check to the head, and he wasn't happy about it. He ended up letting the referees know about it, and while well, they tossed him out of the game. We also saw that and sorry before I move on, Andre Markov played 31 minutes. And he looked good. He didn't look uh, 37 plus during that uh, that game. And another weird situation that we saw because of what happened on defense is we saw Lexi Emlin play 27 minutes and 15 seconds. That's a lot of ice time. But he got six hits, so he did step up as well, Lexi Emlin. But our winner of the week is Andre Markov. And on a side note. Him and his wife or girlfriend or let's call her his uh, his life partner. They post on Insta Instagram this week that they are expecting a uh, baby girl to be added to their family. So congratulations to Andre Markov and his family. Now it's time to go through our losers of the week. Our our first runner up. Well, it's Rogers. We've had um, people from uh, from Rogers on their personalities come on the Habs 360 podcast, but we are informative. We, we're going to be fair. And, well, this week, Rogers to me, is a loser of the week. And the reason is tonight's game between the Canadians and the Senators was originally scheduled to be broadcast coast-to-coast coast on CBC and City TV. But during the week, this week, the game was bumped to Sportsnet, and the game that got promoted to CBC and City TV was a game between the Maple Leafs and the Buffalo Sabres. I, I really don't get that. There's two Canadian teams, the Montreal Canadiens, who... We know the Canadians. We know they have fans coast to coast. We have the Ottawa Senators, another Canadian market. To me, for a Canadian network, it's relatively simple that two Canadian teams should be the ones that should be more available to viewers coast to coast. The game between the Leafs and the Sabres is an absolutely... It doesn't worth... It has no value to it. Don't get me wrong. The Canadians and the Senators game for the standings or the playoff picture has no impact either. But two Canadian teams should always have priority over a game between the Leafs and the Sabres. Is it for the battle for uh, to increase the chances of, infor of, of getting the first pick overall? What kind of battle is that? If that's the case, the Canadians and the Senators have a battle as well for the chance of winning the first pick overall. Our next runner-up is 
development of players. And this all started, what I noticed, it was an article that was brought to my attention. It was a blog that was posted on the Hockey News. It was a list that they prepared NHL's top 10 falling prospects. So this is not a good list. So this is a list of 10 prospects that they think they're actually, uh, they're falling. They're, they're not, they're, they're, instead of going upwards and developing, they're actually doing the, uh, the opposite. And the bad news about that is that there's three Montreal Canadiens prospects on, uh, on that list. One of them is Jacob Delarose, who is actually with the Montreal Canadian team. He won't be playing tonight. He's number one on on that list. Number two, uh, I'm just waiting for my page to refresh here. But another Canadian's prospect that's on that list is Canadian's goaltender Zachary Fukali. He's number two on that list of uh, of ten players. And the third player on that list is Nikita Sherbak. So all these three, these three players are part of the Canadian system. And while what this article says and what it shows is that the Canadians are, it was always a knock against them. And it's, it still seems to be a knock for them that they're not developing their, their youngsters as they should. So you can't blame Terry for that, right? Could you, or are we blaming Terry for that as well? Okay, I, I hope not. Uh, Rick Stevens, who is normally here, he's uh, watching the Ice Caps this weekend. Uh, we'll be able to, uh, we'll ask him next week his thoughts on, on those particular Canadians' prospects and, and what he thinks. Our next runner-up is Robert Leonard of the Buffalo Sabres. So one point in the game between the Canadians and the Buffalo Sabres, all 10 players were 11, if we include Robert Leonard. There was some pushing and shoving after the whistle. I told you earlier about Michael McCarron pulling his mask. And, well, at that point, Ben Scrivens came all the way to the center. I seemed like he was going to challenge Robert Leonard to a fight. Good thing that he did it. That he didn't go ahead uh, with that. But let's hear some post game reaction from both goaltenders, and let's start with those of Robert Leonard. I don't know. They 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 play tough, but they they didn't do anything. So I mean, drop the gloves then. That's that's a at the end of the second there. What did you see? No, I just I mean, it's a big guy laying on top of one of my guys. You know, I. I don't go in and punch him. I could have jumped right in and do whatever I want with him. I, I grabbed him. I pulled him away. He, uh, he, yeah, he punched me. I punched back. Uh, Scrivens had about 30 seconds to come and do something. He didn't. He, he stood up there, and uh, then the ref was there. It was over. So, uh, I mean, next year, if he wants to go, I'm, I'm right here. I just, I mean, do something. You know, you can stand up there and do what, do whatever you want. You're not going to punch me from over there. Yeah, yeah no, it's, no, it's good, good guy off the ice. I don't know. I mean, as I said, if you want to stand up for their guys, you know, come and join 
come and join. There's nothing else. So there you go, Robert Leonard. He's saying the Ben Scriven's a good guy off the ice, but he's already challenging him to a fight uh, next year. Uh, let's hear uh, Scriven's and his thoughts on Robert Leonard. Well, I mean, he's. Uh, we know each other going back. You know, we were rookies in the AHL together and, and made our way up. So uh, we've got we've got some history. We know each other. I would consider us friends, but uh, um, you know, friends off the ice is uh, is not the same as teammates on the ice. So. Um, you know, I was prepared to go down. Um, I don't, I don't want to predict how well I would have done. He's, uh, he's a big boy, and uh, um, I think he's uh, maybe a little wilder than I am. <laughs> so, well, look, Ben Scrivens had some fun with it. He said he's prepared to go down. Did he mean down the ice to go fight Robert Leonard? or down to hit the ice once Robert Leonard gets his hands on him. Either or, I think Robert Leonard is a loser for the way that um, already challenged Brent Scrivens to a fight next year for, you know, for friends off the ice. And now, our losers of the week are the Devante Smith-Pelly fans. Suddenly, uh, over the last, what, 10 days or so, I've discovered that uh, Devante Smith-Pelly had a, a fan club. So for just to put some context, Devante Smith-Pelly, in seven games since he joined the New Jersey Devils, he's gotten six goals, three assists, nine points. In total, with the Montreal Canadiens, in 46 games, he had 12 points. So if you prorate it, you can tell that he's... Um, doing a lot better offensively with uh, the Devils than he is with the, than he did with the Montreal Canadiens. And obviously, the the Terrier haters come out and they take it. They they come out and they any reason they could find to bash Michel Terrier, they they jump on it. And this Devante Smith Pelly again when you go on social media, so many. Montreal Canadiens fans, or I should specify, Terry haters, started saying that, you know what, Michel Terry's fault. Terry didn't use him well. And it was the same thing that was said for Yirchi Sekach when he, when he was acquired, when he was traded away, I should say, for the Mighty Smith Pelly. Again, Terry was blamed for the usage of Sekach. Well, where's he catch now? He's he went to three different teams since he left the Montreal Canadiens. And there are, there's a bunch of other players who have left the Canadiens that played for Michel Terrier, and they weren't much uh, successful after they left him here. I spoke about one earlier, Brandon Prust, Alex Semin. Don't get me wrong, I think I would have personally given Alex Edmund a little bit longer leash than what he did with the Canadians this year. But let's be honest, there was he was a free agent during the summer, and the Canadians were the only team that showed interest in him. So 29 other teams passed up on him. Now he's in the KHL, and he's, I think, leading scorer in the playoffs in the KHL. Well, there's 29 other teams that that, uh, that didn't go after Semin as well. So do we blame all those other 29 coaches for Semin? We could go on 
uh, Rennie Bork, uh, Thomas Vanek, Charity Nordy, Travis Moen, uh, Rafael Diaz, etc. And there's probably more out there. And while the coach was asked to comment on the DSP and his success with the Devils. Well, first of all, good for him, you know, and uh, that's all I could say. Regarding his situation with us, you know, you got to go back to the beginning of the year. On the right side, you got, uh, uh, we got Gallagher that uh, obviously uh, uh, good and important players for us, and uh, we end up signing um, Semin that we have to give him an opportunity. Uh, you got Dale Weiss, who's got a really good start. And uh, I thought Devo played really well at the beginning of the year, got hurt, having a hard time to get back. Then uh, that way he was showing early in the season. And I think the coach did a good job summing it up with the first couple of seconds of uh, of his quote. Well, first of all, good for him, you know. And Exactly, good for him. Good for Devontae Smith-Pelly. With the Devils, Devontae Smith-Pelly, or DSP, is playing on the second line with the New Jersey Devils. On a healthy Munchok Neens team, do we actually, are we actually expecting Devontae Smith-Pelly to play in the top two lines? When Brendan Gallagher was healthy, he's the number one right winger, and Alex Semin was here. Everybody was complaining that uh, Alex Semin didn't get much of an opportunity, so he was in the second line. So there's no way the DSP uh, could have had a, a second line ice time with the Montreal Canadiens. And that leads to our HAPS 360 poll question, which says, DSP is on fire with nine points in his first seven games with the New Jersey Devils. Do you blame Terry for his lack of success with the Habs? We'll uh, give you the uh, results of that poll on the other side. And as well, we'll be talking about the expansion draft protection list. You can let us know yours via Twitter at Habs360 or via the All Habs Facebook page. Or you can give us a call toll-free at 1-877-455-4945. This is the Habs 360 podcast featured on allhabs.net. Habs 360 is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. If you missed a recent episode of the Habs 360 podcast, visit the podcast page on allhabs.net or search Habs 360 on iTunes for our archives. Want to make sure you never miss another episode? Subscribe to Habs 360 on iTunes and all new episodes will automatically download for you. Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the St. John's Icecaps or the Brampton Beast more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. 
If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit Rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information regarding this unique marketing opportunity. This is the Habs 360 Podcast, featured on allhabs.net. All right, it's episode 172 of the Habs 360 Podcast. Chris G here at ChrisG1980 on Twitter. So at the general manager meetings earlier this week, the potential expansion draft details were uh, were announced. Still needs to be confirmed. But what's been speculated out there would be that each team would have the option of protecting three defensemen, seven forwards, and one goalie, or eight skaters and one goalie. So obviously, there needs to be an expansion draft with that. And also to add to to uh, to the expansion draft rules, players who have played two or less seasons of professional hockey, so that includes AHL, so AHL or NHL, don't need to be protected or automatically be protected. So keep that in mind as, as throughout this discussion over the next couple of minutes. So our question is, let's do a, a mock draft. The draft would take place today or at the end of uh, this season with the current Canadians roster. Who would you protect? It's too hard at this point because if there's any expansion, we're looking at it to be in a couple of seasons from now, and we all know the rosters from now until then for the Canadians will will, will change. So it's too complicated to do that. Canadian roster changed from the beginning of the season to now. So imagine what it would look like in uh, two seasons uh, from this point. So I went through this exercise, and i got to tell you that uh, I did have some trouble. Okay, just as a um, as a, I guess as a mindset, there was two options, and one option when it's three defensemen, seven forwards, and one goalie. So that makes total of eleven players, or eight skaters and one goalie. That makes nine players. I said, you know what? I'm going to try to protect as many players as I can. So I went with the first option of three defensemen, seven forwards, and one goalie. So the goalie. I think it's pretty simple. You protect Carey Price, right? I don't think anybody's protecting uh, Michael Condon or uh, Ben Scrivens. So that's uh, that's pretty simple. On defense, I think one is a, a no-brainer in uh, P.K. Subban. And so he's on my protection list. The other two players are Jeff Petrie and uh, Nathan Boyer. So that means that... Um, Available, I'm not going to go through all the players that are available for the expansion teams to draft, but I'm just going to go through some uh, notables. 
So naturally, that includes Andrei Markov. It includes uh, Mark Barbario. It includes um, Alexi Emelin, who would be available, Craig Patteron. So those players would be up for grabs for the expansion team. When it comes to forwards, this is where I struggled. There's a couple, there's three of them that are obvious to me. Max Pacioretty, Askel Chenyuk, and Brendan Gallagher. So those three players are the three players that I think is a no-brainer and are probably on everybody's list. After that is where it gets a little complicated, or it's where it gets a little bit tough. So I put in there Lars Eller, a young player. I think he's uh, he has some value as well. I kept him in as protected. Another one is Thomas Plekanec. And the one reason I put, well, one of the reasons why I put Plekanec is one, I think he's reliable. He he brings his game on the both sides of, of the ice. And it's for sure that offensively, he hasn't produced much this season. He has, let me take a look, he has 12 goals this year. So he's not going to hit the 20, which is usually his standard. But Thomas Plekanec, I think he has value, even if Ganes try to trade him. If you want to go look for that uh, top six forward that they're missing, maybe Thomas Plekanec is a piece that goes the other way. I don't think the Canadians should put him out there and lose him for uh, for nothing. The next player that I put on my list is Sven Andrugero. He's been playing in the top six uh, with uh, top six position on the Canadians for the last while or so, mostly with uh, Pacioretty and Galchenyuk, and he's been doing his job. Is he a regular top six forward? I don't think so. But I think he he's a young player. He at least short term, uh, short term he will be as in the Canadians top six. And short term, I think most probably next year he'll he'll be playing regularly on the top six position. So I think the Canadians should keep him. And then the last player in the list is Daniel Carr. The reason I'm telling you it was getting kind of tough to uh, getting at that point. Did I want to protect? Jacob De La Rose, I told you earlier, he's he's going down when it comes to uh, the the development, his progression. Okay, Philippe Dano, yes, I think he's done well so far with the Montreal Canadiens. It's uh, Brown, no, Tori Mitchell, no, um, Lucas Lesio, I think he's he's had his ups and his downs, but those type of players, I think they're easily replaceable. So that what my, that's what my list looks like. So I did post it on uh, on Twitter to get listeners' reaction. And we're going to go through it right now, and we're also going to go through the, uh, the, the Facebook comments as well. Belleville Bill, Bill Gardner, he says he would just protect Price. Okay, same thing for for Kelly. She would protect his price. Uh, Jim Kitagwa, he writes, can the coach and the GM be drafted as well? Hashtag hope so. Carlos, uh, Carlos Candido, he writes, he disagrees on Plekanitz and Petrie. 
and while he doesn't doesn't really care who gets protected instead of them, as long as both those players are gone. Ed, who's a Habs fan in St. Louis, he leaves the Canucks unprotected due to the age, due to his age at this time. Andy on Twitter he writes, "Keep Gallagher." I am keeping Gallagher. Thank you for the tweet. Habby44 from Calgary. He, he or she writes, Plecky will not make it. Too much money and age big factor. So thank you for the tweet. And like I said, Habby earlier on, Plekanets, I'm open for him to be moved to another team, but to lose him for nothing is where I have my doubts. Last tweet comes from Danny Agnostic. He writes, I'd leave Plekanets unprotected based on his age, salary, and declining production. So Plekanets seems to be a popular vote to be let go. We're going to look at the allhabs.net Facebook page. Reza writes, can we make sure coaches are also available in the expansion draft? So another one that wants Terry to get drafted, and who knows? If uh, the team goes in Quebec City, they might take Michel Terrier with them. Art, Art Pollard, he provides a list of uh, players he'd protect. A name that's on his list that isn't on mine, there's two names actually, are Alex Yamlin and Mark Barbario. Barbario, like I said, he's a good number five, number six defenseman. And you have to make certain choices. So Barbario, I'd personally leave him off it. And Alexi Emlin, it's a tough decision, but he's not protected on my list. Trevor Bazinet writes, trade Plekanets. Brad Harris writes, uh, move Markov. He's not on my list. Adrian Hegemeyer, I'm very bad, bad pronouncing that name. On his list, one that is different. Oh, no, I actually found another Daniel Carr supporter. So I feel better for putting Daniel Carr. It was really tough putting him as my number seven. So thank you very much as well for your comments on Facebook on that uh, topic. On the last segment, spoke about Devante smith Pelly and Devante smith Pelly fan club, as I'd like to call them. And that led... To our poll question, that Devontae smith Pelly is on fire with nine points in the first seven games for the Devils. Do you blame Terry for his lack of success with the Habs? And the vote so far, 65% say yes and 35% say no. So two-thirds of you think that uh, Terry was the, uh, was the issue. We did get tweets on that subject as well. First one comes from uh, Ryan Burke in Calgary. He writes, shitty coach, but he did nothing in Montreal. So I'm guessing, uh, Ryan, here you voted for... No, that you don't blame Terry on this one. He writes, Terry is an idiot. He should never be coaching the NHL. So I'm not sure what it, uh, what his vote is. And then we have Paul, who second that, he writes, he's a horrible coach. Next tweet... I think is a good tweet. I like it. This one comes from Jonathan Sweet in Edmonton. And I think this represents the Terrian haters. And he writes, I blame Terrian for the recession in Alberta. And I think that's 
exactly how I feel that what goes on in uh, in social media when it comes to the Canadians, everything gets blamed on Michel Therrien. So thank you very much for the tweet, Jonathan. It really is appreciated. There was a quick story here, last topic before we wrap it up here in the Habs 360 podcast, that Renaud Lavoie tweeted out that apparently no one in the Canadian organization is expecting a new coach for the Canadians next season. Mark Pergevin was asked to comment on that story in uh, at the GM meetings, and he said that's not true, and don't believe everything you read. He also went went on and provided his general feeling on the Canadian season so far. Pour moi-même, le coaching staff, on est, même malgré tout ce qui est arrivé cette année, je ne suis pas content de la situation. Puis, euh, on va évaluer ça contre euh, la fin d'année. So, Mark Bergevin is saying there that they're not happy with the situation, even though of the injuries and everything will be evaluated at the end of the season. Michel Therrien was asked that question if uh, he had gotten confirmation from uh, Mark Bergevin if he'll be back coaching the team next season, and he said that they haven't spoken about it with uh, Mark Bergevin. So that being said, I'm not expecting Mitchell Terry to be back next season, but I wouldn't be surprised either if he comes back, but if he does next year, it will be on a short leash. But don't get me wrong, from what I've heard from Mark Bergevin now, it doesn't confirm to me. It doesn't sound to me like it's been confirmed or like a decision has been made whether or not Michel Terrier will be back next year. One last tweet that just came in from Moncton Scout in regards to Devante Smith-Pelly. He writes, he got lots of chances here. Let's see how he looks after a full season. Consistency was his main issue in Montreal and Anaheim. And we all remember, right before he got trade to the Canadians from the Ducks, Devante Smith-Pelly had a great playoff run, but the next season, he was never able to get a good spot. He was being moved around from the first line, the second line, the third line, and the fourth line. So definitely that was an issue when he was with the, the Ducks. Canadians, if we look at, they're playing a couple of games, and it all starts tonight against the Ottawa Center is in Ottawa. I have to, uh, I have to dress my 20 players tonight. I, I could have undressed a few. So the, there will be a couple of players that will be undressed in Ottawa. Ben Scrivens will be back in goal, but Michael Condon will make an will be in between the pipes tomorrow against the Calgary Flames. Another lineup note for tonight's game: Mato will be in, and Jacob Delarose will be out of the lineup. And then after that, Canadians playing on a Tuesday night against the Ducks, and then on Thursday night against the Red Wings in Detroit. I want to thank everybody who listened to this week's episode, everybody who sent in their tweets, everybody who commented on the Facebook page. 
My name is Chris G. Thank you very much once again for listening. Happy St. Patrick's Day weekend. And we'll be back again next Saturday, 2 p.m. Eastern, for another edition of the Habs 360 Podcast. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs360 and visit allhabs.net.